0: Welcome into the Daily Alana Sports Podcast. I'm Josh Peach, joined once again by the Brendan Jones. Mm,
1: thank you, and I appreciate yes. it. I'm good. How are you? So this Wednesday's my busy day, so um, this is always a nice little break in between stuff.
0: See, it is usually for me, too, in between Tuesdays and Thursdays, but like I just told you, I had a couple-hour exam earlier this afternoon, so brain's a little... A little wash, but we're doing okay. We're definitely uh we're gonna obviously and it's a good thing because we have a lot of news to talk about. We're gonna start with a little announcement Matt Nagy made made today mm-hmm. that Justin Fields will be the uh starter in week three. He did reiterate that if Andy Dalton were healthy, he'd be the starter, but he's not. So Justin Fields gets his first career NFL start in week three, definitely earlier than I thought it was going to happen. Brennan, just give me your thoughts. I know that you have a lot to say.
1: Yeah, you know I always got a lot to say. Um, I think we talked about last week it being week four against the Lions where we both felt like it was the time. Obviously, in that game on Sunday against the Bengals, while rushing, <clears throat> sorry, while rushing the first down, trying to step out of bounds. Andy Dalton tweaked his his leg a little bit. Justin Fields played the rest of that game. Um, not a great performance by Justin Fields. It's, you know, we don't have to hide it. There are some balls that could have been caught. There are some times that, you know, maybe he shouldn't have made the plays he made. But um, yeah, Nagy today said that Justin Fields will be the starter for week three. It's a tough one. I mean, that's the Cleveland Browns. They're stacked talent wise on both offense and defense it's it's not the ideal situation to have your first start. But I think knowing, I'm sure that Justin Fields knew before we knew, I'm sure like it was, it was kind of a process like, Hey, like we don't think Andy's going to be ready. This is your, this is your, this is your game against Cleveland, you know, go show out. It's a hard game to start against, but you know, like this is the NFL, you know, so every team, regardless if they have a bad defense or what, they have good players. Um, So this this was bound to come at some point. We don't have an easy the Bears don't have an easy schedule this year at all. There's a lot of like, you know, easy game, hard game, easy game, hard game type stuff like that. And, you know, this this is his chance to go, you know, show that he can compete on the NFL level. I don't expect him to win. I don't expect him even to perform generally well. Um, He's still young. He still has a lot to learn. But I think this is a good thing for him because. Obviously, we all feel like and even the organization has said he's the future. Um, So you're going to have to face these types of opponents and we'll see how he does and we'll critique him from what, what we see on Sunday. How do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, so I agree with you in the point that Cleveland isn't exactly the ideal place to start because as much as I don't like them and as much as I don't like their quarterback, they're a good team. Um, And, you know, a lot of people said, including myself, part of the reason Justin Fields wasn't going to start week one is because it was on the road at a tough opponent and you don't want his first start to, you know, end up in a blowout and his confidence lowers and I don't feel any differently now, but the difference between now and then is that Dalton's hurt and Fields is the clear, no doubt number two. So should they start him? Yes. For me, would it be ideal for Dalton to start? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think that eventually it's going to have to happen, if, especially if it's a road game. It's tough to win, you know, on the road in the NFL. So Fields is going to have to come up eventually. And hey, even if he like you said, you don't think he's going to play very well Sunday. I agree with you. I think that it's not going to go well. But whether it goes well or not, I feel I feel that Fields still has the mentality that he's getting a lot better. Like he's, you know, continued to say it, I'm here to get better. I'm here to work. I belong here. So even if it doesn't go well in Cleveland, his first start, maybe that'll make his other starts so much better because then, like, what we said the next week is at home against the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Lions. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely, this is the most excited I've been to watch the Bears this year, probably in a couple years. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be rough, but if anyone's going to do it, I think it's him.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think as Bears fans and Bears in general, Bear fans in general, I think, we're very hesitant with Justin Fields. We're very, like, we don't want to throw him out to the Sharks. We don't want to rip that Band-Aid off real quick. Um, And there's good reason for that. I mean, we haven't had great quarterback play pretty much ever in our our lives or even in the franchise history. Um, You know, we see these great quarterbacks right now where I think we have a little bit of doubt to see. I think we think Justin Fields is talented. Is he going to turn into a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen type player. We don't know yet. That's something that only time can tell. But I think that the Bears fans and, fam, and even the organization are kind of waiting for this perfect opportunity for Justin Fields. Sometimes it's not like that. I mean, he could go out there tomorrow or not tomorrow, on Sunday, because it's it's Wednesday today. He can go out there on Sunday and suck. He can he can really be bad. He wasn't that good um, this past Sunday when, when he got subbed in after Andy Dalton went down but he could still turn into a really good quarterback. I mean, there, there's nothing, you know, this isn't a great opportunity for him. Like we said, this, this, this game specifically could be very bad for him. Their pass rush is ridiculous. They have really good playmakers in the backfield and the other end. I, I love what the defense did against Cincinnati. That's Cincinnati though. You know, I don't, I don't think the bears can replicate what they did against Cincinnati against a talented offense like the Cleveland Browns and a dynamic offense. So we'll, we'll have to see, but, even if he sucks on Sunday, I, you should be excited because it's a learning experience. It's something for him to get better. And like you said, I I love his mentality since he got drafted. He's only been here to be better. And, you know, in the preseason when they were booing Andy Dalton, like he was like, oh, like this guy's a part of the team too, like that. He's he has the right mentality. I don't think he's going to be phased by the moment, but I also think if he goes out there and sucks. He's not going to be like, oh, like. You saw with Mitch Trubisky, like I feel like he lost a lot of confidence in himself. I don't think Justin Fields is that type of player. I think he understands how good he is, but he also understands that there's a talent gap. There's a experience gap in the NFL, and that comes with time and experience. You see some guys go out there and light it up immediately, but some guys have to work on it. We'll see what, you know, that what Justin Fields is, especially with this line that's been a little inconsistent with the defense. That's definitely been inconsistent, but we just have to go out and see. And I think this is a fun experience to see, you know, what do we have? I think he's going to show us. In certain plays that you know, oh, this is why we got him. This is why we jumped so many spots to get him. I think you know he's also going to show that he's a 22 year old rookie in a lot of you know situations. That's just what it is. And I mean, I agree with you. I think if we just go on performance from last week, Andy Dalton deserved to start. I think Andy Dalton was the best quarterback that played on Sunday. Um, but this this is this is his time, and and I think this this obviously is the only move you can make because Dalton. I almost called him Alton. Dalton can't start. But, you know, I think this should be an embrace, like, embrace this. You know, this is the moment where we get to see if this quarterback, you know, has flashes of can be great in the future. And I'm excited for Sunday.
0: I know part of the reason, you know, Fields fell the way he did was because people questioned his mentality and his love of the game and all that stuff. But to me, as a fan of Illinois football, the Big Ten, and the NFL, just look at his track record. I mean, he went to Georgia, wasn't there, transferred to get a better spot, goes to Ohio State, loses in that questionable bowl game to Clemson, has his mindset on Clemson for a whole entire year, goes out and kills them, and then competes against Alabama. Mm-hmm. You really don't think that this guy has the mentality to play the, like in the NFL? Really?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I know,
0: I know there were some outside stuff, but just like look at the on-field performance. How much more do you have to know? right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I think that he is ready for the moment. I agree with you. I think that he learned from the L.A. game. I definitely think he learned from last week because he finally got multiple quarters of play. The Bears want Justin Fields to be a 10- to 15-year quarterback. They don't want to have to draft another guy or even hear another guy's name if Fields isn't hurt about the quarterback situation, which is something Bears fans really haven't experienced. You can say with Jay Cutler, you know, sure, but – yeah. The defense wasn't as good back then as it could be. Well, at least as it was in 2018, like with Trubisky from the day he got there. Is this really the guy? There's less of that with Fields. As far as Sunday goes, I you know, you said that the Bears aren't going to be able to replicate what they did against Cincinnati. Obviously, I agree with you, but I do think it falls a lot on the defense because if the defense has a good game again like they do. That means they'll, they'll get off the field quick, which means the Browns defense has to go back on the field fast. So maybe if the defense plays well, fields will, you know, ease into the game and maybe have a good second, third or fourth quarter, something like that. But even if he throws for 150 yards and a pick, I'm not going to freak out. And I don't think Bears fans should, if that happens. No, for sure. And I
1: think definitely when you evaluate these young quarterbacks, you can't really look at stats. I mean, people could say, like, Zach Wilson had a really, like, had a fine first game. Then he goes out the next week and throws four picks. Like, stuff stuff happens, stuff changes. You really have to evaluate on a case-by-case and situational real, really, like, you know, um, a situational mindset, right? You can even look back at Trubisky when he threw six touchdowns against, you know, Tampa Bay. You know, people have good stats. People have bad stats. It's about what it looks like on the field, and I think that's that's what you should be way more concerned with Justin Fields, and I don't think there's there's been a couple of plays, especially on Sunday, but the overall majority of his plays have looked good on the field. There's been times, obviously, where you know he struggled reading coverages. The coverage is just more advanced. He's 22 years old. You know, there's there's times where you know maybe he maybe he makes like a, a slightly bad decision, but that's what he's going in for. That's what he's learning. Nobody expects him to come out and be Patrick Mahomes day one. It's a process. It's a process when you're a young quarterback trying to figure out this NFL, especially when you're playing a hard schedule like the Bears are this this year. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I'm very excited. I, like I said before, I think there's going to be a few plays where he just like, whether it's he, he's scrambling, he's improvising, and he makes, you know, uh, a, a really good pass on the run, or like he just reads really well, or maybe there's a, there's an option and he takes it for 30 yards. There's going to be plays where you're looking at him and you're like, this can definitely be what we do in the future. There's going to be play. play. I, I would put money that he probably throws a pick on Sunday. And I would put, put money that he takes a sack. That's his fault. That's just a game of football and he'll learn it and he'll, he'll be better. He'll, he'll progress. Um, He's also only seen three games um, in person and, and and evaluated like that. So he, we, we obviously wanted to be careful with him obviously because you don't want him to get hurt. You don't want him to form bad habits. I mean, we've heard it all, but I think at some point he has to go in there and this is the week to see like how good he really is. And I think it'll be
0: fun. With quarterbacks, it takes, well, sometimes it doesn't take time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sits a year, comes in, looks like an MVP. Yeah, for He's sure. An MVP. Rogers sat for almost half a decade. I still can't believe that. Comes in right away, looks amazing. Tom Brady, first season, gets thrown in, looks amazing. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson had very similar situations. You could say the same thing. But now look at quarterbacks like Josh Allen. He did not have a good first few games when he started mm-hmm. low. And now I was, last year, he was an MVP candidate. This year, he'll get it. But you know what I'm saying? look at drew Brees. he spent the first four or five years of his career in san diego started for two full seasons and was not good right. so i'm just saying it takes times like obviously i hope fields doesn't get traded geez that would stink if we get to the point that we have to trade him. but yeah this season is rough for the bears like a lot of bears fans are saying we're obviously not gonna make the super bowl it would be fun to potentially make the playoffs but if you end up getting that third or fourth place schedule and Justin Fields has to go against some lesser defenses next year. He could be the best quarterback in the division. And that is 100%. But it might, he might be the fourth best this year. He might be the third best this year. But come next year, assuming Rodgers leaves, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I'm not a Jared Goff guy. They're kind of the same quarterback, by the way. They have time to throw. They're good. But yeah. If any real defense, they stink. I mean, the Bears played him in 2018, both of them. And, like, look what happened. Right. Anyways. Yeah, I think that next year, Justin Fields can be, you know, the best quarterback in the division. I'm not saying that this year doesn't matter at all. I'm just saying I really do expect it to take time. Yeah, no, for sure. That's just how it goes. I mean, his wide receiver court isn't that good after Allen Robinson. I like Darnell Mooney, but both Robinson and Mooney dropped passes that should have been caught for big gains. And in Robinson's case, a touchdown on Sunday. So mm-hmm. um, moving on from Fields a little bit, staying with the Bears. So obviously they play Cleveland, they have, uh, Baker Mayfield, a lot less confident going into this week than last week, Brendan, yeah?
1: A lot less confident in who? The Bears. Um, yeah, <laughs> you could <can> say <laughs> that. And I, was, I wasn't even, I think we talked about it last week, I wasn't too confident going against Cincinnati. They had a pretty good game the first week, um, and they even almost came back on the Bears, even though the, the Bears defense was playing really well throughout some of that second half. I don't know. It's it's less about confidence because I don't know. It, it's it's something the confidence isn't really something I'm thinking about right now, if that makes sense. Like I, I could care less if the Bears go out there and win or lose. And it's because I don't feel like like in past years after 2018, I felt like the, the time was ticking. And I still feel that to an extent. But when you draft a quarterback, and you expect him to be the future, it's way, way more about development. And you look at this defense, and yes, it's aging. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, all these guys are aging. You still have a really good core. I mean, you look at Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson, that's a four-year, fourth-year guy and a second-year guy who both were probably two of the best were, – were the two best defenders on the field on Sunday. Um, Roquan with the pick six, and Jalen with the pick. And Jalen's been, you know, the number one graded cornerback from pro football focus through two weeks, so – They have the core that the defense can still build off of for the future. Right now, I'm just way more about development. Do I think they're going to win? Absolutely not. I wouldn't. Not a chance am I going to say they win. There's obviously everything can happen in football or whatever, but I don't expect them to go win. I just want them to put together a few good drives. Like I want to see offense play a few good drives. I want to see defense be able to stop them on occasions. I don't expect them to stop all the talent that Cleveland has. I expect them to stop them on occasion, but, you know, I just want to see good moments. That's what I'm looking for for this season. I want to see moments of growth. I want to see when I see Justin Fields start Week Three against the Brown against the Browns. Week, you know, fifteen, whoever they play, I want to see notable and, and, and watchable growth. Same thing with the defense with these young guys. So, I think that's what I'm more focused on this week
0: yeah, I when you say moments of growth, I don't think I could put it better myself, and that's what I'm looking for between week one and week three. Maybe like an in between of week one and two. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, like you're on the road against a team that is in contention to win their conference. but I just I think that as a whole, the Rams are better than the Browns. I like the Rams receivers better than I like the Browns receivers. And most most importantly, I like Matt Stafford more than I like Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is not that consistent and he's not oh, yeah. that accurate, I'm which not a is a great quarterback now. They have a good offensive line. They do have weapons. Obviously, their run game is great with Nick Trubb, and you can put Kareem Hunt in there. So, with that being said, you should look for moments of growth on road games against good teams this week. It should be better than it was against week one. They lost what, 35-14 mm-hmm. week one, I think. Yeah. It should not be a 21-point game. Right on Sunday. It should be more in the nearing double digits range. I would expect like seven to 14. If if it's as bad as it was against the Rams, it's clear, this team is clearly a lot, you know, many steps, many more steps away than we thought. But if it, if it ends up being like a 28 to 21 loss, in my eyes, that's a win. Right. Because obviously it's not a win in the win column. No, but it's like, progress. It, yes, it's progress because yeah. in two years that could, in two years the Bears could be the 2021 Browns. So for sure. And I think, you know, you bring up that like I can't
1: I'm not I can't sit there and watch, you know, Baker Mayfield throw a deep and beat the Bears secondary two two times, three times like Matt Stafford did. Yeah, you do that. That's bad. That's really, really bad. That's not and it's not necessarily all on players and it's not necessarily all on coaching. I think it's a little bit of both. But like I, I can't watch that. I, I can't watch you get beat over deep multiple times when there's just wide open guys, right? Like Cooper Cup should have never had the numbers he had week one. And I love Cooper yeah. He's on my fantasy team.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was happy because he was on my fantasy team. But you like he had like, you could have put any receiver in that position if they're that open. They're gonna make the same plays. You can't let that happen. You have to have guys beat you just because they're better than you, that you can't let them beat you because your scheme sucks or or there's there's miscommunications on defense and stuff like that. So that's what I'm looking for. Like, I, I don't want to see any huge plays. Now, if Nick Chubb breaks through four tackles and and gets a 50 yard touchdown, that's Nick Chubb, right? Like that, that, that is what it is. But especially oh. like the, the deep passes, I, I can't watch that. It'll be interesting to see how the defense goes. I want them to definitely keep the Browns under thirty. If if they do that, I think that's a that's a good that's a good thing, um, and I want the offense to score twenty one points. If we're looking at that, then you know I, I think that's a good week for for the for the Bears.
0: As far as the defense goes, Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson, as you said, they were the two best defensive players on the field. Probably they were they were great. I mean, nothing against Roquan; his uh, his interception was kind of tossed right to him, but he did have a nice run to return it. Jalen Johnson's interception was impressive that was cool like he got in front of him like made a move he made like a real football play if that makes sense yeah and that's what and that's what was so impressive to me and then I saw a tweet like you said pro football focus has him as the number one DB right yeah and and they said like he's allowed 87 yards and Jalen Johnson quoted the tweet and he was like from where
1: right that's the thing I would love to see where those yards come from
0: Um, Is that Eddie Jackson screwing up? Is that like <laughs> right. someone th- was thrown to him and Jalen Johnson happened to be the guy that tackled him, even though it wasn't his yeah. guy. Like I would also like to see that because it, in my memory, I mean, I think that I watch Bears games in pretty great detail and I can't remember him getting beat. I can't right. remember someone, maybe like a phenomenal catch, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'd have to, I mean, I agree with him. I don't know where those come from. That seemed high to me just watching him these, these first two weeks, but I don't know, there's probably some, some different zones that they just don't know the bear scheme. Maybe it wasn't Jalen's responsibility. Maybe Jalen just you know gave up a couple of like comebacks that are just a little bit. Too, I don't know, but I'd love to see those yards too. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like he's really good. Roquan, I know you said it was thrown right to him. That Juke was nasty. score yeah. touchdown. That run after the catch. So I think there's a lot to build on. Do I think they replicate that? No. I just want to see, like you said, like, I don't want them to get beat as bad as they did against L.A. Because you're right. L.A. is a better team than they are. I, L.A. has a better defense. They have a better offense. You, sh- They shouldn't allow Cleveland to put up 34 points like they let L.A. did. I don't even think Cleveland should get 30 points. It's about make sh- making sure you don't have those stupid mistakes like you did against L.A., where you get two long touchdowns that are just coverage problems, are just like, oh, whose man was that? Who was deep? You know, whatever. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. I think it will. I think a lot of the, the the thing that made the first half against the Bengals so good for the defense was there was like coverage changes. You saw they played a lot more, they let a lot more happen underneath and didn't get beat deep. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep that same thing against the the Browns. Um, I'm hearing that Odell is back, but that doesn't scare me too much. I mean, he hasn't been the same Odell that used to torch the Bears in, in, in New York. Uh, also I don't know how much he fits into that system you saw him struggle even when he was healthy so I don't know we'll see but I I don't expect him to win but I expect them to compete in this game
0: yeah I agree all right score predictions for the Bears yeah let's do it you go first
1: I'm gonna say 31 to 21
0: I was gonna say 31 to 20 really yeah that's crazy
1: same mind, same mind.
0: Yeah, 31 to 20 seems about yeah, yeah, I, think, I think we're in the correct range. If it's any better than that, I'm happy. Right, so. if it's
1: any better than that, I'm happy. If, if it's that, I'm content. If it's worse than that, we'll have to see, obviously, where the worst came from. But, you know, I think this isn't a game that they should be like, All oh, we need to win this game. It's just a game you have to be competitive. It's a game where yeah. the defense has to give Justin Fields a chance to, you know, be good. It's a, it's a game where we've had a lot of injuries on that offensive line. We'll have to see how that those come together. And like you said, I mean, Justin Fields should have had one more touchdown with Allen Robinson. He should have had a few more completions, a couple more yards or a a lot more yards. But we'll have to see. Like we have to make sure that the playmakers give just because that's what it's about. I think it's the playmakers giving Justin Fields the opportunity to make his job as easy as possible. Yeah, that's what it should be about, because if your development is easy, if you can get that confidence and that you know chemistry with these guys easily then then you know you'll you'll start being comfortable and making those those you know better more game changing passes as we see the 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 real real good guys in the NFL do a lot, so I'm excited,
0: yeah, I'm with you, all right, so we're watching the Bears on Sunday mm. before that we get the luxury, Brendan, would you call watch- it a luxury? Yeah I was kidding. Um, <laughs> we get to watch Illinois travel to West Lafayette and play the Purdue Boilermakers. 2.30, Saturday. Um, not as excited for this game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why you would be after watching what we had to watch on Friday night. That, that was I, exciting.
0: It, it was exciting,
1: game. but it was a bad game.
0: No, well, Yeah, it was a terrible
1: game. Nobody on that, on, that, game. on that field deserved to win the football game.
0: Yeah, on either team, honestly. On either team, really.
1: It was a fun game because it came down to the wire and there was a lot of score shifting, but it was an ugly game.
0: Yeah, all right, let's start with the starting quarterback who Brett Bielma said was easily the starting quarterback even after last week, Brandon Peters. You and I were texting during the game because you had some thoughts. You, you know, tell me what you think about Brandon.
1: All right, so I texted you during the game because we talked about it last week and you said you said you still have confidence in it. I do. I texted you during the game, do you still have
0: confidence? In and that was a genuine
1: question, you know, I'm not, I wasn't trying and to... I argue
0: said, and I said I do. And you said you do. That.
1: Rewatching that film, Brandon Peters wasn't terrible in the first half. He wasn't good, but he wasn't terrible, right? Um, He had some, he was 6 of 17 in that first half, 137 yards. There were some drops that should have been more completions. I mean, Daniel Barker, he hit Daniel Barker on on a really decent throw in the back of the end zone. Daniel Barker had his hands on it, should have been a touchdown.
0: Um, and by the way, just a side note, Daniel Barker didn't used to do that. I don't know where these drops are coming from. I know
1: it's weird. I, because I, I would expect anybody on the team, I would expect him to catch that type of end zone. Yeah. Um, really, really. you no, know, anyway. he had, there was that one play where the, the, the defense jumped off sides and he he snapped it real quick, got it to Casey Washington, Casey Washington. got, they got targeted on that play. Um, I would like to see him protect his receivers more, but I think that's a net positive play, honestly. Um, But at the same time, like, obviously he had good throws, and I think his completion percentage is a weird stat. I don't think it's all usually – at all times, it's not always the quarterback's fault, and he had a terrible completion percentage this game, but it's not always his fault. But in that first half, I would love to have had a better pocket presence. He knows the O-line has been a little off, and I understand he hasn't played with them a lot, but he's watched film. Um, He's taken a couple sacks that – while it's the offensive line's fault, I think – We've seen Brandon Peters make plays with his legs, especially in this in this game alone. I think he could have done that a little bit better, but it's not as bad as I as I thought it was during the game. But you got to have more than three points and a half. Second half, however, was a lot was a not a lot worse than I thought, even a little better than I thought. I just think that when you're a six year now quarterback and Brandon Peters. You can't make the mistakes that he made in that game. And you can't lend yourself to the situations you had in that game. The defense stopped Maryland five times in a row. Five times they they forced Maryland to punt or turn over the ball. And Illinois only got 10 points out of that. That's why they lost that game. They they weren't able to sustain drives. And even those drives that ended in scores, it was a lot because of the rushing game. I mean, we talk about, you know, Reggie Love, that fumble, whatever happened. Reggie Love, Casey, Casey Washington put that back up. Or the, the Josh McCray long touchdown. These, these scoring drives were a lot more because of, of the re- of the running game and the fear of the running game. Obviously, Brandon Peters hit some really good chunk plays, converted on a lot of third downs to, to you know, um, Danny Navarro and Isaiah Williams and stuff like that. And I think Brandon Peters in moments played really good, but I just think situationally it was really, really bad for him. And I don't think as a as a as a as a quarterback with that type of experience. And I think the talent that people say he has, you can't make those mistakes. And I agree with you it was a little better than what I thought it was initially, but it still was not good by any means.
0: Yeah, it still wasn't good. And my thing that I texted you and that I've said on the radio and that I keep telling people is that do I love Brandon Peters? No. Do I want him around next year? No. <laughs> but what I've seen out of him is that it's a confidence thing. He's had five games of 200 plus yards in his uh, career at Illinois, and the only one that was like a, a mid-game turnaround—you could call it like he had a bad start and then a good ending—was Michigan State. But that was the weirdest game in Illinois football history, right? Oh, I mean, you're 28 to three, and you come back and win. So you can't—you have to take everything from that game with a grain of salt. Besides, like the talent level of Joshua Maturibe. Anyways, disregarding that, it is a confidence game for him, thing for him, and I think it always is. Look at. Nebraska last year. He comes in. He has a good first drive or two. He plays great pretty much the whole entire game. Obviously, they started running late, so he didn't get as many pass attempts because they were up big. He had a great game. Probably would have thrown for 300 yards that game. Fast forward a week. Iowa. He's carrying the high of the Nebraska game. He has a phenomenal start. Then he gets sacked on a drive. He almost throws a pick. He actually might have had a pick. He has a couple three and outs. He has to get pulled at the end of the game because he's awful. Carries that into Northwestern. Awful. There's a theme here with Brandon Peters.
1: Mm.
0: And that's why I think is okay. We obviously, if we're talking about brand, we have to end up talking about Art Sikowski. So I'm going to bring up his name now. Brandon Peters compared to Art Sikowski has a higher ceiling, but a much lower floor. Mm-hmm. With Art, you kind of know what you're going to get. Like you're playing at about the 30, 40 yard lines where Brandon you're playing at like the 15 or 20 yard lines. That's the compare. That's like the analogy I'm going to make. Um, I want him in there because I want excitement. I think that he can bring a win in these winnable games because let's be honest, for Illinois athletics, if you want fans, you got to win games. And oh, yeah. if, they hadn't be, if they hadn't won that Nebraska game, I'm not sure the Maryland student section would have sold out. Like this is specifically a student thing for me. So I still want them to win games. Now, do you, is it probably a better idea if you're not going to make a bull game anyways to have Artcikowski play to develop him for next year? Maybe. Do I think either of them, Brandon or Art are going to be the quarterback next year. No, they're going to go into the transfer portal, but I still want Brandon out there because I think that I want to see them win some games. It's much more fun to cover a team that wins. And I still think that if you're rolling the dice, Brandon gives you a better chance to do that.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you to the extent that Brandon Peters when he's good is really good. I mean, those, the Iowa game, those throws he was making against Iowa in the first quarter like, he was dicing that, that, that Iowa defense that was really good last year. But at the end of the day, those floors, they scare me. Because and confidence is such a thing like you can't have played the amount of college football that Brandon Peters has and have confidence kill you like that. If you're a first-year, second-year quarterback, this, this is your first, like, real experience, sure, confidence. But it's not like Brandon Peters has not been around college football for the last six or seven years now at this point. If you're that type of quarterback, you can't you can't have that happen and like you said Artichowski has that low floor and I may this is a what if scenario you'll never under, you'll never know you'll never know whatever but I can't like everything in my head tells me that Artichowski wins that game if he starts everything it's because the running game what do you say
0: you're talking about last week correct? I'm talking about
1: against Maryland and yeah. I've had this conversation with multiple people I think the running game was really good it for, was for, for what it was, for for the amount of, you know, differing things, obviously, Josh McCray's coming in and he, he got hurt, hurt towards the end of that game. Um, but he's been really good. Chase Brown, we already know what talent level he has. The offensive line has been iffy, but they were clicking at points last night and they were really good. And I think Art Sikowski, Brandon Peters did nothing in that game to elevate them. He kept them at the pace they were going a lot of the game until the very end, but he did nothing to elevate them. And that's what I hear about Artikowski all the time. He doesn't elevate them. So I think they win that game. Does that mean that Artikowski starts and wins more games than, than Brandon Peters from week four on? No, I, I, I don't see that. But it's just frustrating because I understand they have to win some games to create excitement. But I mean, if Artikowski sticks around, he's going to be the starter next year unless you get some other transfer. And I don't even think you really want to do that because that's just a new guy in, in this system. And it, it's very reminiscent of kind of those lovey years. I don't think you want just a transfer every year. So it'll be interesting. But I just think Brandon Peters is a little bit too old, a little bit too experienced to, to, to throw that interception, to take those sacks at the end of the game. And I think that was the most frustrating part about me. Not that he doesn't have the talent level. We've seen him have the talent level. Not that he doesn't have the experience. I mean, we've seen him in points lead this team. It's the fact that he makes those mistakes. I, I I can't have my quarterback doing that when he's that experienced.
0: Yeah, the interception that would have been a completion to I think it was Luke Ford. It was Luke he Ford. Over his head. Yeah, dude, that was awful. Josh,
1: have you ever seen Luke Ford in person?
0: Uh, no, I have not. Really? He's a huge dude. He's big. How you overthrow him? I I know,
1: him I, I'm not. I'm not a college level quarterback. I didn't even play quarterback in high school. And I'm not saying I could complete that pass. But you're a, you're are a D1-level quarterback, I know. and this man is 6'6", really big.
0: Were you at the game?
1: No, I was, I was watching it at
0: Legends, actually. I, I was uh, I was at the game, and I was on the west part of the end zone. So what I'm saying is that this throw happened right in front of me. That's it okay. was not good. Like, you could see oh. Whitman on the sideline. Whitman was even like, are really? like what? He's huge. Yeah.
1: I don't know how you overthrow him. And he was so wide open. He, would, he had to do trailing, but he was wide open. If you hit him, like – Towards the sideline, he completes that, and you're on like the ten yard line, and you at least get a field goal out of it. But he mm-hmm. overthrows it. I and I don't even think it's a miscommunication. I think he knew exactly. He it. To do totally. and he yes. just didn't throw it correctly. And that's what's frustrating. I mean, with Art, I think he he takes those checkdowns and he loves to you know just get those little bits. But he completes that pass. He does. And it's frustrating because from all the ugly that you saw from Illinois. They were still, they were in charge of that game at that point, right? It's the fourth and one, man. It's and it is. We can talk about that fourth and one because that was bad, and I struggle with it because if I'm the coach, of course I call fourth and one, but I can't blame Belima, right? He has one of the nation's best punters. His defense has been playing really well at that point, but it's you gotta, you gotta go for it, and if you want to draw somebody outside off sides, like you tried. Don't bring in your punter. No, dude, that was bad.
0: What? Not the way to execute
1: that. Like, like I don't get it. Like, why? Who? Who? The whole Maryland defense could have just stood up if they saw Blake Hayes just walk into there because they're, they're obviously going to draw me off sides and they're not in the punt formation. So he's not going to, you know, throw one over me. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's, it's tough because I understand I wouldn't have had any trust in my offense at the any point. and correct me if I'm wrong, but at that point, both Chase Brown and and um, Josh McCray had had been injured. Um,
0: correct, you know. So, dude, so on to Reggie Love, who's inexperienced.
1: Right, you give it to Reggie Love, who might not who might not convert. Or Brandon, you,
0: Brand, Brandon Peters, knows how to
1: run it. QB. I know, I know, I know, and that's why I'm frustrated because I'm trying to give I'm trying to get the benefit of their offense is bad. That's why they didn't go for it, and they have a good punter, and their defense was playing well. Yeah. But their defense had just had what at that point it was five stops in
0: a row. And the defense not, gave up four hundred eighty yards. That's not. It go did. Great. No, it did. And
1: but at that point I'm not gambling with the defense if they just given up five if they've if they'd stopped them five times I'm not about to gamble that because I mean odds are they weren't going to stop them for six you know that's hard to stop a, a defense or offense six times in a row especially when the defense has sucked at, up to that point in the year so it's tough I wouldn't have made that decision but I also don't think
0: that's the downfall
1: I think there were so many other Place. You know what I mean? It's yeah,
0: not- I, I know what you mean. I think that as far as the fourth and one goes, Brett is learning as a new coach of this team, just like the whole entire staff is. Couple more takeaways, just real quick against Maryland. I'm happy about Ryan Walters. I think he's great. We gotta keep him around. And I think we will because of how much we paid him. Tony Peterson's got to go after this year. I think he's awful. The, definitely the worst hire of the whole staff. And Did just not get better,
1: do you think? Like what um, if,
0: like, do you not see a situation where
1: he like no. turns it around?
0: Not at all. Um, I think that Doug Kramer was out, which hurt the offense a little bit and it was Brandon Pierce's first game back. So now transitioning into Purdue for about the next five minutes before we wrap this up, he gets another shot. I mean, assuming it's not raining or something in West Lafayette Saturday, which it's not going to be, it's going to be great weather. Um, This is to me his last chance to impress me because there may be Charlotte too, I guess, but then they're going to start playing better defenses and better teams. I don't really know. So he's got one more game. Purdue, on the other hand, on their offense, uh, I think his name's Jack Plummer, their quarterback. He yeah. Was like, yeah, he was like the highest-graded PFF quarterback in the conference or something He's after good. a couple of weeks. Yeah. They have David Bell, a receiver. who He's is in concussion awesome. protocol, though. Yeah.
1: What? He's in concussion protocol. Oh, he is. But so we might not see him on Saturday.
0: That's huge. It's true. I did not know it's that, but let's just true. assume Illinois does right, 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 play right. him. Purdue has a O-line that holds their own. Listen, they're good. They're scoring points. They're good. Yeah, 100%. Um, and this Illinois secondary, I mean, they played better against Maryland, but I do think Maryland beat themselves a lot. I think that the turnover in the red zone was terrible. Uh, Tua's brother, Tua Leah, is that his name, missed a couple of throws that he shouldn't have. At the end of the day, I mean, it was better on the Illinois defense, but I can't see them going into West Lafayette, West Lafayette and playing that well.
1: No, I there's not. Oh,
0: sorry, sorry, Brennan. Last point though, they should be fully healthy. The, the Illinois should be fully healthy. Josh McCray's not hurt. Chase Brown's back. Keith Randolph is back. Everyone should be in.
1: That's good. I mean, that's that's a positive for them. And if Bell is in concussion protocol and they don't have to see them, that's another thing they don't have to look out, but look at. But they have a good tight end and Payne Payne Durham who who has big playability, but also like is just huge. And Illinois has struggled with big receivers and big tight ends already this year. So it'll be, um, you know, I, this is another thing. Like, I don't have confidence in this team. Like, there's nothing that this team has shown me that it's like, oh, they could go in here and win it. Like, like they did in 2018 um, or 2019. I mean, so it'll be interesting. This, this offense is really, really good. This, you know, Illinois defense has already had issues with, with containing the pass through its first uh, four weeks. Now this quarterback is, has been really good plumber and their defense. I, I mean, they, they had a decent game. Um, against Maryland, but like you said, they gave up 400 yards. So it's not like they were stellar. They just had – they had that, that – that they had the back-to-back fumbles and then they had some good stops. And that's good, but at the, but at the same time, like I'm not going to – like we say all the time, like turnovers are hard to replicate. You know, they're very situational. So if they don't force turnovers against Purdue, they're going to be out of the game pretty, pretty early, I think. I'm not too
0: sure turn- turnovers are going to make – as big a difference as you think. I think that Illinois has to force at least one or two. Mm -hmm. I think that this is Purdue's first real test. They're finally going to see – I do like Illinois' D-line, by the way. I think they're fine. And the linebacker plays, you know, it's inconsistent, but Hanson is good. So I think that Purdue is going to be caught off guard a little bit. Like, we're going to give score predictions in a minute here. But the line – or the – is that the spread? Yeah, the spread is minus 11 Purdue right now. I think that's a little high. It's a little high. Really? A little bit in Purdue, like at- it's weird of me to like. I, th- I think Illinois is going to lose. You know, I'll hear that in a second. I still think Illinois is going to go two and ten, but I think that might be a little high just to start out. I would be, I wouldn't be too surprised if it were a ten point game or a seven point game or something. Because like, look at last year. I mean, Illinois almost beat Purdue with everyone out. So now it, it, Purdue's better this year, but <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I I it's just weird. think,
1: uh, and it's hard for me to say, you know, because like. I mean, I guess they didn't lose to UTSA by – what they lose to? Seven. They lost to UTSA by seven. They lost to, to Virginia by what? I don't even remember that score. Not.
0: Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sorry to – No, I'm just trying to, to, to point it thing. out. If a couple of things don't go so wrong against UTSA – Right. Who played perfectly, and they may – and that field goal doesn't get blocked against Maryland, you go for it on fourth and one, Illinois is three and one. I mean
1: – Yeah, but that's – the loss,
0: the loss to Virginia was bad, but I'm yeah. just saying, I, I know it's all I can't think like that, but it would, if you were like, like I said, about three or four combined things go different within those two games, Illinois is three and one.
1: Yeah, I mean, just saying, but just saying. If, if like two things go differently in that Nebraska game, they're sitting 0-4. I mean, it, exactly it goes either right. way. So I, you know, and I just don't see, but that's the difference. Like, and maybe I'm blinded because – I don't watch Purdue. I don't study Purdue. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna watch them film before the game, but I, I don't study them. You know, crazy. I thought Maryland was gonna dog Illinois. It was a close game. Like, albeit Maryland played not that well, but so did Illinois. Didn't play well either. Okay. We'll see. But I, if it's, I could easily see this as a two touchdown game. I mean, it's. I just, I especially because that's what scares me is that if they were just facing a dominant defense that had a subpar offense. This team could compete. It could be a low scoring game and this team could compete. But anytime they face a quarterback that can really throw the ball, I just have no faith in this team.
0: Yeah. I you know, it's sad. Like thinking about sure. last week, right. my prediction was 48 to 28 and it ended up being a three-point game where neither team played well. I just think that Illinois' ceiling is a lot lower than uh than we thought going into the season. All right, Brendan. Like I said, the spread is minus 11. Purdue. Give me your score prediction.
1: I'm gonna say 32, Purdue, 32
0: to 17, 15 points. All right. Okay. Feel it. What about you? I'm going to give the same prediction I did for the Bears game. I'm going to go 31, Purdue, 20, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think it's going to be 11. I think the spread's going to hit. Um, I'm not surprised at all if it's a closer game than that i'll say that and probably you know what brendan we'll come back here a week from now and i will be very very wrong I, but, but I, just, it's 31 to 20 for me but that's cautious i i feel that I've, i don't know man for some reason i just think that illinois might play a closer game i still think they're gonna lose if they win i would be shocked right 31 to 20 seems about right to me
1: i think so too i this say. team has its moments though like if Brandon Peters goes out there and the script is really good for the first few drives, they could put up two touchdowns in the first half. I don't see why not. And then they're, you know, it, it should be a closed game at that point, or at least a competitive game, even if, you know, but I just don't see them putting together a full game. I don't know if I've ever seen them put together a full game, you know, uh, unless it's a, it's a bad non-conference opponent.
0: So we'll see, but yeah, I just don't have that much faith in this team. And you know what? It's hard too. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Brennan, thanks again for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast.